Welcome to the MLM.com podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Rollins. This episode is a conclusion of our previous episode with Mitch Stoll. In order to have coherency in the content, we join in progress our last episode. Well, I think that is important because any, uh, any compensation plan, there are certain behaviors that are incentivized and disincentivized. And if a company doesn't do a good job of both training on what behaviors they want and what, what behaviors are going to be rewarded and keeping the behaviors consistent in the comp plan. Because you can get comp plans where on the front end they reward driving depth, but then on the back end you get totally bit because you weren't thinking that far ahead or nobody told you, hey, don't just worry about the binary, also worry about the enroller tree so that your matching bonus uh, can, so that you can maximize your mat- matching bonus uh, is one of the things that that is just so crucial is that, and, and this goes back to, <clears throat> to maybe one of the higher points that I, I think is important to make. People need to really think through not just what is our comp plan, but what is our philosophy? What are the behaviors that matter to us? And why are we picking the elements of the comp plan that we are, right? You know, people... I know you and I have talked about this a lot, so I know we both get this question of what's the best comp plan. Well, the best comp plan is the comp plan that's clear and fair and that you buy into how it rewards people and that you can be passionate in training it, right? A binary is great if you're a person who understands a binary, who understands how to teach a binary, who can explain to people the benefits of different build strategies. A unilat level is great if you can do the same for that. Um, so how do you help people walk through that when you're working with somebody brand new that just wants the comp plan du jour? Well, the really the main thing is getting down to the culture is the biggest part of it. You know, what do you want your culture for that? And, and as an example, uh, you know, a binary... A binary is a good plan to use if you want to drive rapid growth. And the reason is because of the way distributors build it. They build their outside legs. Uh, It's the only plan that you have a built-in fear of loss because distributors will go out and say, we're building our power legs and get get in here now because all that volume will be underneath you. But they fail to train. Well, you get paid on your weak leg, and so you've got to be building that leg even though you're in the power leg. And so, you know, they've got to know and train all of that build strategy like what you talked about. The, uh, from the, a, a, a unilevel or breakaway perspective, the same thing happens. I just recently met with someone in their comp plan, and, and they were talking about, we were talking about how important training is. And the comment was, well, we've trained our leaders. We've worked with that. We've done that. But he had just told me that people down below really aren't working and don't know what to do with it. Well, so I told him, I said, what you need to do is bypass your leaders and go down to these others and start working with the the other people in there. And that's important to understand, too. You can't just put training out there and say, here it is, do it. You've got to have the networking side in there where the, the leaders are training them. What is the build strategy? What's the best way to get to where you're going to? Um, companies will frequently have, here's how we get to this point. How do we get to silver? How do we get to gold? 
and, and we'll have training to get to those pieces. But even then, that comes back to analysis because some of the analysis, one of the reports that we do is what we call a forward retention report. And we look at a particular month of everyone that could have had volume or had earnings and, or just purchased product. And then we go forward six months and we break out everybody based on what their earnings were from zero to 10, $50,000, whatever it is. And we go forward for six months and look how many of them purchased every month. And one of the things that we've really learned from all of that is that a, a company's sweet spot is usually not where they think their sweet spot is. This company had this plan of, or this training that they did of go for gold. And their whole focus was get the leaders to train people, to get people in and to do these certain things to get to gold. And, but when we did the analysis with a forward retention report, we found that the sweet spot was about three to $500 of, and that actually becomes the sweet spot for the majority of companies. But we found that if they could get people to that $300 level, earning $300 a month, that the retention was anywhere from 85 to the low 90% for those six months. And so we looked at changing the build strategy. It was no longer go for gold because we found that if we can get people to bronze, that was where they started earning the, uh, earning the $300 range. And so we knew that we could keep retention higher and we focused on that. And not only did we start getting better retention from that within that company, but the leader's checks start going up too because of that. Yeah, and that's the thing where I do think it's important for people to build a foundational set of metrics that they're watching. Uh, and that's where I think reaching out to people with a trained eye or, or, or kind of collaborating within the industry becomes helpful because we do need to refine the metrics that we're looking at, we need to help be clear on what constitutes success, uh, and then uh, help build comp plans that give the industry a good name and give people the best chance of succeeding. And I think there's a lot that can be done within that uh, when we're more transparent with the, the metrics and the definitions of success. So I'd be curious what your recommendation would be to a company that's maybe not considering a comp plan change right now or not can seriously considering it one. How do you monitor the health of your comp plan? Um, the best way is really looking at uh, the breakdown of, of how each of your ranks are earning and how much they're earning. And then within that, look at their organization volumes within each one of them and see the percentage of organization volume that, that their earnings are. And, and that's the best way to look at it, to see if you've got good, good healthy payout, good consistent payout. Watch the retention, see what's going on with it. Not only looking at retention like what I was talking about with the forward retention report, but retention by class. Uh, you know, on average, we look to see in the industry that if we take a class, a group of people that came in in a specific month, how many of those a year later are still active in, in what they're doing? And, you know, on average, it's around 35%. We're seeing some low, some higher. 
but typically it's it's right around that level of, of where they're at a year down the road with a lot of companies. But at the same time, you can have companies, in fact, this is another area that I think companies, particularly successful companies, overlook. And they get to be so successful that they are, they have so much that is coming through that they don't worry about the attrition. Yeah. And, and yet, if they could turn around and work on that attrition, they could move that level, you know, several percent that, that could be very uh, lucrative to them if they would just work on that side of it. One company uh, actually focused on that at one time and went back and ha hired an independent company to call their, their people that had left that had ordered for a while and then stopped. And they asked them, why did you quit ordering? What, what happened? And the biggest, uh, the highest percentage answer was, I stopped getting contact from my upline, from my leaders. And just that little change can, you know, help tremendously. And so I think, you know, as a company looks at what's going on to decide whether they need to change, that's probably the biggest area is, are we paying healthy? And what's going on with our attrition in, in company? Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the problems that I see, and, and I'm sure uh, you've seen this as well, is people don't start looking at those things until they start to sense there's a problem. And if you can build up a baseline of knowledge, it helps you do a lot of things. It helps you monitor more than just your comp plan, right? Comp plans need to, in my view, be more closely tied to your marketing and customer service efforts and you can see hey is there certain are there certain promotions that we run throughout the year that either improve or hurt our retention right because it can be surprising you know the, the marketing department can come up with you know maybe uh if you've got a, a a membership fee right reducing the membership fee may spike your enrollments for a month, but it may hurt your overall retention. And it may hurt uh, the way those people feel about your company because maybe they would have been better off being preferred customers or being uh, just retail customers. Um, so it, it can help you drive a lot where, or help you judge a lot what's going on in your business if you build up these baseline of this baseline, uh, these baseline metrics that you can, can monitor that. And the, the other question is monitor them how much. You know, I just recently did another analysis for a company that I actually did the analysis three years ago. And so I was able to compare the two of what was there. They came thinking they had a really bad problem and they needed to change and whatever. But once I did the analysis and showed the comparison between what we had changed three years ago and where they are now, and what they thought the, was the problem, they really didn't have a problem. It was just really something happened within a month. So that's the other, the other gotcha that companies need to look at because something may spike or may happen just in one month. And that's not the time to be a knee-jerk knee reaction to make a change. You need to watch and see what happens at least one more month to see what's going on with it and probably at three unless it is so much of a drastic that you just can't, you can't hang with it. But for the most part, you want to make sure what's causing that when, when you see that happen and, and get in and do that. But as far as a regular analysis, as you say, if you get the metrics 
and really monitor them monthly, you're going to be looking at catching some of those spikes or some of those changes even before they happen, potentially. And if they do happen, you typically can see where it is and what's going on with it. Well, and you start to, to your point of not having knee-jerk reactions, you start to get uh, a little bit better uh, of an idea of what the patterns in your business are, right? And, and these are true, hold true in all, um, all businesses. You know, weight loss talks about the fact that the holidays are, are not their best time, right? Spring is more of their time or, or after the holidays as people are getting ready for the summer versus somebody who has, who's in a different line, whether it's, you know, jewelry or, or clothing or, or nutraceuticals, right? Maybe coming into the holidays is a big time. So if you're doing weight loss and you see things start to decline in September, October, November, you might not have a problem, right? And and being able to, it was interesting. I was just doing an analysis where companies wanted to, where a company wanted to build better projections on volume and the flow of volume. Uh, and I had a much higher correlation of being correct if you look at previous years that same month versus like a rolling month of average volume flow, right? Because each month kind of takes on its own kind of personality and so um, by by watching the data month in and month out you have a much better chance of separating uh, the noise out versus real real issues right and, and I think that is one of the problems that people have is they say oh well our retention this month was horrible or or our signups are down this month and they start to to get a knee-jerk reaction, which can then cause a chain reaction of other problems because now you're changing something that wasn't broken. You've got people who are frustrated with the change. Um, and so it is important that, you know, one of the things I think over the years that we've gotten better at um, kind of handling is more precision, right? Rather than hacking away with a chainsaw, it's more a, a fine art of cutting away with a scalpel. Um, so I, I, I think we'll, we'll get close to wrapping up here, but I'm just wondering if you have any other thoughts for our listeners of, of what, what they should be watching and, and how they should treat their comp plan. No, I, you've, you brought up a good point though, that, you know, ties into this really good. And that is the, uh, uh, particularly, you know, party plans are notorious for saying the J months are the bad months. You know, and uh, and but the one thing that you've got to look at with that, as far as analysis with things, is that saying, okay, we know we may have, and it can happen in any company. It doesn't have to be a party plan or whatever with it. It can be with whatever product it is or whatever. But what happens in those low months, and what happens to our people? In other words, if you've got those waves and rolling going on, uh, you know, you can have people that are going to qualify at, at their title rank in the good months, but then they don't in the bad months. And then, you know, is there something that we can do to change that so that we can even it out over the time? And it's those type of things. Um, the, the, the other side that, that we haven't discussed then is what do you do to, in making a change? And, you know, that's after you make the change, how do you know 
is, is it working? Is it, you know, you really need to model to get in to see, is it rewarding the right people? Are we, are we, are we getting to the point of the change that we wanted to? Yeah, well, what, so somebody does the research, they, they do the analysis, um, they think they have a change that they want to make. One of the things, like you said, that we are a proponent of is modeling that change. And what should they be looking for in that? Well, as I said, the, the one thing you want to do is you, you've got basically a hypothesis that if we make this change, this is what's going to happen. This is who it's going to reward. This is the change that it's going to have in our payout. And so you model it to make sure that it does do that. The second thing that you always look at is you can't make a change to the compensation plan without having winners and losers. And so you've got to make sure who your winners and losers are. You know, are they, are we having the right winners? You know, there are times that you may need to cut or change that it may cut your leader's pay just a little bit, that it pushes some of that pay down lower, but that in turn will increase the leader's checks because it keeps people around longer and rewards the, the, the lower ranks and people that it helps doing that overall. But you have to absolutely, once you do the modeling, then make sure that you've got your leaders on board with whatever change you're going to make. Whether it's going to affect them as a winner or a loser or whatever it is, they've got to be on board because as you put this out, they're the ones that really are going to be supporting the change that you've made. And so it, it's, it's that process that you analyze, decide what it is that needs to be changed, model it to make sure that it's going to achieve the goal that you wanted to, and then last, get with your leaders and make sure that and make sure that they're on board with it. And you may want to bring them, you know, maybe you got an advisory board or something that you may want to bring them in earlier on so that they're a part of the change and that helps sometimes too. Yeah, and that is a fine line to walk because it can muddy the waters, right? Because they're always going to, not always, most people are going to see it through the lens of how does this affect me? And not necessarily is this the right move for the company? Um, so that can be that can be difficult. But I do think it is important that before you go rolling this out that you help get them on board um, and especially get some advocates because you're all – you know, you see this in all walks of life, but people who are unhappy tend to be more outspoken than the people who are happy um, in, a, in a lot of cases. And so you do need to get some advocates because you are going to have some dissenting voices as well. Is you can't then end your monitoring, right? And really after a change is almost, you gotta take your monitoring into hyperdrive to make sure you're getting the, the desired results. Yeah, it, and that's why I say that the best way to do it is to monitor monthly and making sure where it's at. That's the best way. If you can't do monthly, then look to six months or look to a year, but at least have some point where you're stopping to do an analysis again to where you're looking to say, Okay, how is my plan changing? Yeah, no, and I, I completely agree with that. Um, and, you know, it, it's less cumbersome than it used to be to monitor this stuff. And the, and the reward is 
so dramatic in my mind. I really, you know, I passionately believe that people should be closely monitoring this stuff at, at least monthly. But like you say, that can sometimes, especially for smaller companies, be a little bit of a burden. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just is, it's such an important thing to have a pulse on, on the behaviors of your field. And, and the pulse is a good word because, as, as I said, you may not... The change may happen and probably, well, not always, but will happen subtly. And if you can watch those subtle changes along the way and just say, if something does change, say, okay, why is that? And maybe catch it right then to say, now we know why, why it's causing this. Let's watch it. And, and that's why I think monthly is the best way, even though, like I said, for a long time, it just may be the same report, same report and look the same all along. But... But that's okay too, because it's just that one spot where you start getting a, a, a tweak or a blip that you go, all right, what happened? And, and so that's why I think monthly is important. There's just so much, this gets my mind going because there's so much more you can go into because you, know, you, you really ought to be looking at the company as a whole, but then also your different leaders organizations because you can get different behaviors within in different organizations. Uh, and and it's important, you know, you can save yourself some embarrassment if you don't end up uh, bringing someone on stage and really singing their praises and then finding out that, hey, actually the organization, the behaviors within their organization are, are counterproductive, right? And they might look a little sexy because it's driving a lot of growth, but the retention's not there. Um, and so there, I mean, there's a lot and I'm sure, but even to that point, you can turn it the other way too. And if you've got an organization that is growing and, and really doing well, better than some of the other organizations, look to see what they're doing and analyze that part of it so that you can even use it as a training tool to turn around and yeah. help your other organizations. No, exactly. So it works both ways that can be beneficial to you as a company. Yeah. Well, Mitch, I think we're going to have to end it here, but it sounds like we need to have you back on sooner than later to talk about some more of, of the way that we can help uh, companies um, reward the right behavior and, and uh, monitor their comp plan in a way that, that's meaningful. Do you have any closing uh, words of wisdom for our listeners? No, I think just the main thing is, is what we said, analyze. That's probably the best thing that you can do with it with your compensation plan and don't make knee jerk reactions because that can, that can cause you more damage than even the damage that you were feeling before you made the change. So absolutely. Well, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. That concludes today's episode. We want to give a special thanks to Mitch Stoll for his time and expertise. We also want to thank Adam Holdaway and Jana Bangeter for production support. As always, I'm your host, Kenny Rollins, and we hope you'll join us next time.